Hey there, hi there, hello there. Welcome to another week of the Quarantine Diaries. Not to be confused with the Princess Diaries that some of us at WKU have definitely plagiarized. Ooh, the shade. The shade of it all. I didn't say it, Taylor did. Taylor is the student at WKU throwing the shade. My toe <laughs> has never stepped <laughs> on the hilltopper campus. I thought you said that you did, though, one time. Mm-mm. When you were, like, in band or something. Hmm. Maybe that was somebody else. It was definitely not me. Huh. Could have sworn you said that one time. Anyways, um... We are not talking about Princess Diaries today. Maybe another day. Maybe we'll go to the sequel um, one day. But today, we're going to start with a seamless second from each of us. Taylor, do you want to start? Um, I will start with my seamless second. Okay, so this, there was a lot of debate on what my seamless second for this week was going to be. There were so many options. You know, dove back into Grey's Anatomy, thought about having a little season 14 discussion. I said, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Um, I thought about talking about some other media that I've been watching. Not good enough. Trash. Garbage. But one night, one lonely night, two nights ago, I said, I'm going to go on Twitter, a place that I never visit. And I saw that my queen, uh, Rachel Whitehurst, was tweeting a bunch of like photos of herself over the years because, you know, she just had a birthday not too long ago i think question mark could be wrong i know she's a pisces um and in her bio she had a little link for a podcast right and in my head i'm like oh it's the coffee with crachel link you know they just haven't taken it off whatever Mm -hmm. but then i see something different it says the villager's voice and i'm like what is this and I said, is she promoing someone else's podcast? No, baby. Chris and Rachel, they have launched a new one. So if you don't know anything about Coffee with Rachel, it was my life for a good four years. I have Rachel's coffee sticker set over there. I can see it from where I'm sitting. And it ended last September, and I was very sad about it. And I didn't listen to the final episode until, I think, New Year's Eve. It was an emotional experience. You can hear my name be read at the end of the last three episodes if you want. I joined Patreon for it. Um, Yeah, and I was sad, and I was just kind of like, I'm just going to, you know, whatever. And I've kind of been off my podcast grind since then. Like, I haven't really consistently listened to anybody. And I found out about The Villager's Voice, and it's all about Animal Crossing. I don't know anything about Animal Crossing. I really care about it. But I might listen just for the sake of you know feeling like it's old times yeah maybe there's uh maybe they'll talk about more stuff along with animal crossing you know i think it's fully dedicated to it but we can only hope yeah i mean i personally don't know how you could spend or do a whole podcast over animal crossing but i don't know anything about animal crossing so i don't know i don't either you can do a podcast over anything you have the wow. power and the freedom. Uh, what a great podcast recommendation. You guys should definitely go check it out after you finish this podcast. We need that ad revenue. Mm. We don't get paid for this. <laughs> it's 
okay that we're having fun it's all about having fun and uh not making money uh which segues into my seamless second perfectly okay so I complained to Taylor about this the other day because I feel like I've had these feelings for so long and should I be having these feelings I don't know should I even care probably not but neither should these people so I, I texted Taylor one day and I was like, okay, so I just watched a Try Guys video and one of them um, was, it was Keith, who we all love. He's our Tennessee boy in the Try Guys. Hilarious. He was reviewing the trending page on YouTube, which nobody ever sets foot in. So why bother complaining about it? Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting. He went through each video, you know, reviewed it. And every time a music video would come up, he would get a little annoyed, not because he would get copyrighted, but because he, he said he doesn't like seeing music videos on the trending page because he thinks it takes away from like YouTubers opportunity to get on the trending page. And he thinks music videos don't belong there and he doesn't like how popular they are. And then I'm going to get to the other examples he used, and then we'll start complaining. Um, he saw John Krasinski's new channel, which I think is kind of interesting. I think it's called Some Good News. Basically, John created it during this quarantine time just to say, hey, I'm going to spread some good news to y'all. I'm going to get other celebrities on here with me, and we're just going to have a fun time. You know, give some entertainment for y'all. A nice thing to do, we all know. And Keith was like, I don't like how he made a YouTube channel and he's making money off of it, which we don't know if he is or not. And if he is, he is definitely donating it to charity. I mean, come on. Or so we would hope. Yeah. Well, they, I think when um, they are donating to charity, it says fundraiser on the YouTube video. And I think that's what it is. And Keith was like, um, I don't like how he made a YouTube channel as a celebrity um, but it's John Krasinski, so we have to love him. And then I think he moved on from there. But that just, I just have to say, why do YouTubers feel like, like threatened by celebrities making YouTube channels? Um, I have a lot to say on this. Okay. Okay, so the internet is limitless and we all have the right to claim our own little corner of it. And that is fine and dandy. But social media platforms are open to anyone. Anyone mm -hmm. can use them in, how, in whatever way they want. And with celebrities, I'm like, do the Try Guys not see themselves as internet celebrities? He mentioned something about being a celebrity. But like he said, but I'm an internet celebrity. These are like celebrities who... It's like he kind of sounds like the opposite of a boomer in a way where it's like... These people don't belong on the internet. The internet is for us only. I feel like that's an outdated way to look at YouTube. Because I'll definitely say in the earlier years of YouTube, it was definitely a lot. Like, it was a lot smaller and not that many people used it as their main source of income. And a lot of people, IRL, didn't really know about it or whatever. And it's obviously grown. But I don't think that's something you get mad at. Like, for a celebrity deciding to get on it. And because their audience, people are either going to go to them or not. And it'll show mm -hmm. in the views and the subscriber count. And you have to compare views to subscriber count because it's two different things. Like, I can su subscribe to a celebrity's channel and never watch their stuff. Yeah. You don't know. 
But when it comes to the music video thing, that specifically ticked me off a little bit. Yeah, because I even said, like, where else are they going to... Music videos have been on YouTube since the beginning of YouTube. Like, they have been on there for so long. But why are they now complaining about it? Because everybody's making money off of YouTube. And everybody feels like everything is a competition. But the thing is, music videos are not competing with the Try Guys. Those are not even in the same realm of YouTube. So why complain about it? You know, you're going to complain when one of your favorite artists doesn't have a music video on YouTube and it's going to be on some different platform that they create because YouTubers, you know, protested saying music videos don't belong on YouTube anymore. That makes no sense. I genuinely don't know where else you would go to watch it. And like if they, if every musician was like, I'm going to make a separate app or a separate website to watch my music video. I don't know how many people are going to go out of their way to watch yeah. individual ones from individual artists. Having it on YouTube just makes sense. And how are you going to put limits on it? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because a lot of like you know smaller musicians have channels on YouTube. Where they cover songs. Or they you know share their own original stuff. And sometimes they will film their own music videos. Mm-hmm. And if that is trending. Are we not going to put it on there? Like. Who's going to set up the barriers for, like, big musician, small musician, media musician? So he actually mentioned this. He saw a music video. I don't know who it was by, but he said, oh, I I think they used to be a YouTuber. We should definitely, like, support them and whatnot. I'm like, y'all are some hypocrites up in here. Dang. I mean, it's just, like, why are you mad? And it's the same you know, deal with these YouTubers being mad that Justin Bieber has, like, 50 million subscribers on his YouTube channel, which I think they combine, like, the celebrities' personal YouTube channels with Vivo, because Vivo isn't really a thing anymore, and so that, so now they have, like, a whole bunch of subscribers, and they're like, I don't understand why they have so many subscribers, because people like them, it's whatever, why are you so bothered by it? Why they're like, why does Jimmy Fallon have all of these clips on YouTube? Because Jimmy Fallon's team figured out that you everybody watches clips of tonight of the Tonight Show on YouTube. People like to watch making, segments, not hour long videos. Nobody's gonna stay up till midnight to watch a full episode of the Tonight Show. That YouTube is the reason why talk shows still exist. Exactly, and then. With the whole, like, we have to support people who are on YouTube in the past. Uh, Like, those people can get big, too. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, reveal my sixth grade self, but our boy JB, our former boy, not anymore, uh, he started on YouTube. Yeah. And he has probably, like, a zillion followers and a zillion subscribers and all these views or whatever. And I'm like, are you not going to support him if he's on the trending page because he's big? But... He was a YouTuber at one point. And a lot of other celebrities have that same situation. Like, they started off very small and insignificant and grew. And we should just be happy that people are doing well in general. Yeah. And, you know, some celebrities just like being on YouTube. Some people, they just like sharing their lives on YouTube. And whether or not... 
their intentions are for money. Why does it bother? If people like it, why should it bother you? Just let people you live. Know? I feel like when you get those production type channels, and I'm not trying to talk trash on like the Try Guys because I, I still like their content yeah. occasionally, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not a stan, but I do be watching the videos. I think they focus too much on like, how do we make it viral? How do we blah, 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 da, 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 da. And I get it's your career and you do have to care about those things. But I'm like, if you don't want to be so dissatisfied, maybe you have to let some of that go. And, you know, that's on that. Y'all just stop. Okay. Um, by request of, you know, a consistent listener. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're gonna just take a second to, I guess, like, chronicle uh, the time in quarantine. So when we're hopefully out eventually... We'll know what it was like. So what did what did you do this week? What did you get up to? Um, you know, I did some work. Work from home. You know, it wasn't as crazy as last week. Last week I had a few papers due, so it was definitely crazy. This week I kinda got a break from all that. I watched a few films. Um, hold on, let me look in my little diary thing that I keep all my films. Um, I watched Obviously, our movie, our review of the week, which we will get into later. I watched The Florida Project. Almost made me cry. I kind of teared up at the end. It was very sweet. Um, I watched, remember that uh, film Good Boys that came out last year? It had Jacob Tremblay. I think we watched the trailer for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... I definitely recommend it's it's hilarious um and it's something else can't believe those kids I, I can't believe the parents even allowed those kids to say those things and that's coming from a conservative household whoa a conservative household wow. but not a conservative voter yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't even know um and then I think that was all I watched. Um, I'm going to apply for an internship. I finally made the decision this week. Yeah, it's kind of all that happened. Probably more happened, but I don't remember. What kind of internship? Well, it's a TA, which I'm nervous about in the sense because nobody likes TAs. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I liked um, Helen, who's my TA a couple semesters Helen. ago. She was helpful. She was nice. Mm. Hopefully, I'll be on that standard. It's going to be, well, of course, I have to get the internship. I'm just applying. But it's for uh, Film 201, Introduction to Cinema. So we'll see. What about you? What happened with uh, you this week? Um, well, I had a Zoom call at the beginning of the week that was kind of chaotic because my professor, love her to death, but she keeps changing our plan of action and a lot of people were confused, like half my class didn't show up, we were supposed to do presentations, but they didn't happen, whatever, um, did a little phonetic homework as one does. And, you know, recently I've been taking a little cruise down memory lane, watching some shows of my past, 
let's let's see what's on Netflix. Let's see what's in the continue watching section. You're good. I had a moment with American Horror Story season two. Um, didn't Ooh, continue. I don't know if I like season two. It's not my favorite season. I don't like it. I didn't like it then when it first came out, and I don't really like it that much now. But I think I like it more now than I did in the past. Um, I tried to watch season one of 13 Reasons Why, and I just couldn't do it. It just didn't feel right. Uh, mm-hmm. Weeds, I have been back on. Weeds with my girl, Mary Louise Parker. Honestly, memories of freshman and sophomore year of high school, when I was just really into watching shows about marijuana. And then, most importantly, Grey's Anatomy. Mm. I got very I've into Grey's Anatomy. It's just, I haven't watched it before, like, this week or whatever, in probably, like, over a year, maybe. Uh, I stopped somewhere towards the end of season 13, and then just, like, left it alone for a long time, and now I'm halfway through season 14, and so far, so good. No complaints from me. Um, did some journaling, cried a little bit last night, you know, having some... <clears throat> And uh, honestly, I think this quarantine has taught me that baths are self-care. Hmm. How interesting. Well, it sounds like you had a great week. So should we move on to our review? I think we should. So this week, uh, we reviewed everyone's maybe favorite coming-of-age story, um, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. We reviewed the movie not the book because do we have the time for that no we don't it's a pretty Um, short book though considering oh yeah it's pretty small i flew through it in seventh grade and i'm sure you could too i so i watched it yesterday and i initially told taylor i don't know if i want to watch this because i feel like it's going to bring up too many dramatic memories from middle school because i feel like this movie for me personally is like I watch it once. That's all I need. And I like the movie. I think it's a good movie. Some people just like to watch it again and again to get in their feelings. I'm not that type of person. I I can't even watch the last Harry Potter movie because it's too sad for me to know that the series has ended. Like, I will cry at the end. And so I refuse to watch it. Um, and that's kind of how this movie is because there are some parts where I was like, I don't want to cry. Uh, I'd only seen this movie one time before last night and I honestly didn't really remember it that well. For, like, I remembered, you know, the iconic tunnel scene and all that, but I didn't remember it that well. Not as well as I thought I would. Um, but I made it a whole experience. I plugged up the projector. I watched it on the wall. It was really fun. Um... It definitely put me in my feelings. Uh, surprisingly, because I knew that one scene at the end was going to do it for me. But I didn't know these other scenes were also going to do it for me. And I really just was out here crying in the club. Which I think was good. Because I've been trying to cry for like the past week and a half. And it just like has not been happening. Um, and I think I needed it. Um, you know, I kind of forgot how the movie ended. I I actually really like the ending where, you know, yeah, his friends all went away because 
he decided I'm gonna make friends with seniors as a freshman um but you know I kind of like how you know things are kind of going good with this family like he's actually talking during dinner time and you know kind of gives a whole lesson you know your friends might have moved away but you know you gotta live in the moment you can't dwell on it you can't dwell on the past you gotta live in the moment man right logan lerman um i don't know if logan is here to answer that question but i would like to think he would say yes um, I'm switching audio recording, so if this part of the podcast sounds a little bit different, I'm so sorry, but that other little recorder, that card keeps filling up, and we ain't got time to be deleting all this stuff, so we're recording on my handy-dandy, um, iPhone 10, iPhone X, I'm an heiress, but not rich enough to have the newest phone, um, my, what, how did I, how did I feel about this movie, uh, I don't know. I think it brought up a lot of, like, Tumblr energy in a way. Um, And there were a lot of things that were mentioned in this movie that made me think of, like, oh, this would be cringy now. But the movie somehow does it in a way where it's not that bad. He's like, I listen to The Smiths. And that's become a meme where it's like, the boys who listen to The Smiths don't care about you. Or, um the typewriter thing or the vinyls or whatever you know I found I found this funny how in seventh grade when I first watched this movie it was so obvious it was in this was made in the 1990s it was just obvious but now like watching it it still could seem like it was set in present day just by you know the clothes because the 90s are kind of back in style you know everybody thinking like, listening on vinyl is cool. Oh, I listen to these. They're actually playing good music. <laughs> Emma Watson, she carried this movie in so many different ways. Not saying the others didn't. I think, I think this everyone is, is fantastic. I think everyone in this movie was fantastic. Oh, yeah, they were fantastic. But I think this is one of her best roles. And this is coming from someone who was an Emma Watson stand back in the day. And I can admit now that she's not the best actor out there but I think she did great in this role you know last night you said Emma Watson's American accent is a little questionable it still is there was part of the movie why am I about to die like I feel like I'm actually about to like choke up a lung it ain't that Rona it's just like there's some stuck in my throat um there was a scene towards the beginning where she said shag and I said, that is not an American term. So I don't know if they did that on purpose or she kind of like flubbed up a little. Yeah, I don't, I still don't like her American accent and apparent, and I don't get why everybody is still making her do American accents because I watched the trailer for Little, I still haven't seen Little Women, but I saw the trailer for it and she sounds British, but it. She's supposed to do an American accent, and I don't get it. It's also the role she's going for, though. That's true. Like, it, it's, not, it's no one's fault, but hers and her accent coaches. Yeah. Just saying. Um, but, you know, I think everybody... I, I kind of forgot how many iconic people were in this movie. Same. Um, yeah. I didn't know until like a few years ago that Paul Rudd was in this movie 
And he is the one that says, we accept the love we think we deserve. That is the best quote coming from this movie. Not the, we are infinite or whatever quote that is. That quote is so, like, even back then I thought it was, that's the cringy quote. Like when in the movie, it's Charlie sitting in the backseat or whatever. And he's like, I feel infinite. It's like, stop. No, you don't. What does that mean? Everyone would have these pictures <coughs> of their messy, gross rooms. And they would have those letters that would be cut out of magazines. And it would say, in that moment, I swear, we were infinity sign. But the we accept the love we think we deserve. Like, that little moment. When I say I was really crying in the club, I said, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote in my notes, oh, so I deserve nothing then. And that... <laughs> If that's not telling, um, I don't know what is. But Kate Walsh, she plays, our queen, plays Charlie's mother. And she, her characters are the queens of being unaware of their child's mental state. You know? And that's on absentee mothers. Um, we have Nina Dobrev, my vampire diaries, Elena slash Catherine Queen, um, out here playing Candace, Charlie's sister, we have, what is that girl's name? Is it, I don't want to get it wrong, but the girl who plays Mary Elizabeth, what's her name? I have no idea. Isn't um, it Mae Whitman? Hold on. I'll find it. I feel like it's Mae Whitman. Yeah. I May get Whitman. her and Michelle Williams mixed up because their initials are the same. Um... I swear that woman has played the same age for, like, a decade. Like, she (laughs) has played, like, that age for literally since the beginning of time. Um, Oh, Nick Braun, who plays Candace's abusive hippie ponytail boyfriend. Ponytail Dirk. He is in uh, Disney's Minutemen. He's also in Sky High. Oh, yeah. He's the -the glow-in-the-dark boy. I think his name is Zach. Mm -hmm. In that He's movie? in Princess Protection Program. Oh, yeah! He plays that boy that wants that girl. Mm-hmm. He's in everything, honestly. Yeah. Oh, it's got your girl, Julie, whatever her name is. Julia Garner. She was in it for, like, a split second. I think this was before her career was, like, taking off. She only had, like, a glance or whatever. She's in the, in the background of, like, two scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but our main people... Logan Lerman, everybody's white boy of the month, Charlie, um, Emma Watson as Sam. Everybody's and, white girl of forever. Yeah, and pre-choke, Ezra Miller as Patrick. I, notice that I didn't say anything. It's all alleged. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was a funny joke. <laughs> pre-choke. But, pre-choke <laughs> it's true though but uh yeah pre-choke Ezra Miller um uh, you know I just wanted to bring that up too because I don't want to stand somebody who's got problems because he... that video is questionable I don't know I mean if you do enough research into it you can definitely see how problematic it is because like if you just google it there's just tons of stuff about it but anyways Moving on. So it's basically about all 
of these white privileged kids with their mental problems. But they do, they do touch on some problems in these movies. Some serious kind of things. dark ones. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, like, why did I watch this in middle school? This is pretty dark. Oh, well, I said after I watched it yesterday, I said there was a lot of stuff that I just did not pick up on when I was, like, I think 14 years old is when this movie came out. Um, there was just a lot that I just didn't, I guess, register um, that I do now at 22. And I I just kind of bulleted out some things. When I first, I read the book first at 12 years old. And it's very, the book is much clearer on things that happen that the film kind of like hints at but never explicitly says. So when I first watched the movie, like I understood what everything kind of meant. But that's because I read the book first. I don't know what that says about me at 12 years old. <laughs> I read the book and I understood the molestation thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I understood that. Um, I didn't, however, remember when Sam said that her first kiss was with her dad's boss. I did oh, not yeah. remember that at all. I remember that. I remember that because I don't know if I liked when Charlie was like, we have so much in common. And that was the thing he was thinking of. When he said we have so much in common. But he's also, like, mentally ill. So we can't, like, really fight the boy. He's a little mm-hmm. confused. Um, and then there's another scene where I really was just like, what? Um, it's towards the beginning of the movie. And it's when the trio, like, I think it's one of the first times they hang out. And Sam is like, I'm not a bulimic. I'm a bulimist. I'm like, What? It was such a weird, I don't know how I felt about that. And then they kept saying like, oh, I believe in bulimia or something. And I was like, is this a joke? I didn't really understand what the whole context was. I didn't either. I was like, am I not, am I like not getting something? I guess it's something that didn't age, but also I thought I would understand what they, I don't know. I don't get it. I didn't get that either, and that might be something to research. I might have to, like, look that up, because that just... Either it was a joke and it just fully went over my head, or it was just a questionable line. And then the thing that I sort of forgot about, sort of didn't forget about... I remember him writing the letters, like, from the book. I remember that. And I remember the letters not, like, being addressed to anyone specific. But I did not remember his friend Michael killing himself. Okay, so I kind of remember this part, and I kind of didn't, was the part with, was it Brad? Is that mm-hmm. his name? Brad and Patrick. Sorry. Um, I don't like this trope in coming-of-age stories where the high school jock bully is sexually confused, and he relies on the outsider to help them with it but but on the outside when they get in school they hate each other we're gonna call him the f word we're gonna call him this this and this and then because this was in 13 reasons why season three and i y'all know how i felt about that and that part where charlie beats up brad's friends brad was like thanks for thanks for stopping them I'm like, are we supposed to like Brad at this point? Because he did nothing. 
Brad just... Like, you don't have to come out or anything, but you also don't have to allow abuse. I know. You know? I'm like, I get... I can see his side of it because with his dad being abusive and everything and, like, his home life is scary and him and Patrick's relationship started off rocky because he would only ever hook up with him when he was drunk and then eventually he got to the point where he could, like, be sober and enjoy Patrick's company. But I didn't understand, like, why do you have to be absolutely vicious in school? Like, why can't you just be civil? That's, like, a... It's a thing in these movies that I absolutely hate. And I think it could just kind of been left out a little bit. I don't know. But then I guess it wouldn't fuel everything else. We wouldn't have Charlie's first, like, blackout situation. Yeah, that's true. And then the scene between Charlie and Patrick where they're at Shinley Park and Patrick kisses Charlie. That I never, like, fully understood then or now. I was like... I know your feelings are kind of everywhere right now, but I'm like, what makes you go like? I think that's where, like you said, like his feelings were everywhere to the point where I was like, like maybe, maybe not. Maybe if I try this, you know. Also, are Sam and Charlie together at the end of the movie? I cannot tell. I don't, I, I don't know. I always felt like Sam was not a relationship gal especially with charlie and that kind of makes me sad because you could tell charlie was like so in love with her but she's just like i'm just gonna kiss you just so you know that the first person who kisses you is the is someone who loves you and she's kind of like leading him on in this way but i could never see her actually be with him in a relationship yeah first of all like that's like i feel like they have a too big of an age gap at their ages to be doing that so that's where I'm kind of like, is Sam even, like, that good of a person? I think later on in life, maybe they could have been a thing. But I agree with you. Like, being, he's probably, like, 14 and she's 18. That is a big um difference in where you are in life. And I don't think she was fair to him. I don't think he was fair to Mary Elizabeth either no um she I just felt like I wrote this in my notes so the first time they take him to that party and Charlie says like when he's high he's like yeah my best friend Michael shot himself and Sam goes and tells Patrick and Patrick does a little toast to Charlie I'm like this is like a pity friendship that's what I was gonna say like just how she kissed um she kissed and did other things with um, Charlie, it felt like a pity thing. Mm-hmm. If I was Charlie, I would just feel like this isn't even real. This is just because y'all feel bad for me. But I don't think like he can register like what's genuine mm-hmm. and what's not. Um, because with her, I don't think physical expression of affection or whatever, I don't think it has that deep of a meaning for her in general. Because, you know, and it's not... her fault because of like what happened to her when she was younger that definitely Mm -hmm. affects the way you develop and your future relationships and everything but she keeps picking guys that don't really treat her well and guys that want her just for her body and Charlie wants her and I'm not saying that that she's obligated to be with him because she's not she can do whatever she wants 
but I just don't think it's fair to take someone like him who's naive, first of all, and who just isn't all the way there to, like, string them along like that. Like, with the gift, with the typewriter, and the kiss. Because she obviously knew he liked her. It was so obvious. And it's like you said, she put him on this little string. It was just like, come on, Charlie. Come on. But I'm going to cut you off at some point. Because we all know these three, I mean, obviously, I feel like Sam and Patrick would still be friends because they're stepbrother and stepsister, whatever happens to them. But I feel like Charlie would still get left behind. Yeah. Because college is different. And, you know, when you go to college, you move on. And that's okay. Especially with how young he is. Like, it's not like it's one year difference where it's like, oh, he'll be in college the next year. Like, no, he's got three more years there. But my thing is, it's like, Charlie could have found somebody his freshman year you know like in like at a freshman who they could be friends with logan lerman could have found somebody not all of us but he could yeah yeah because you know he's a little geeky he's a little nerdy there are other people like him i just didn't understand why people were so mean to him for like liking to read or being good at writing or whatever because it was just like that's a whole nother pet peeve is bullying in movies I hate it because it's not realistic that does not happen to the majority of people they destroy each other's books which makes no sense um yeah and the whole thing with the teacher on the first day where Charlie would write down the answers but too afraid to speak up um which I have to say, I mean, good for the teacher for not, like, pointing them out, saying, like, hey, you know the answer. Come on and say it. Um, Because, obviously, Charlie doesn't want to be bullied because he likes something or knows something. Um, But when he said, you should learn to participate, I was like, triggering. I've heard that, that way too many times in my life. But, you know, understandable. But also, kind of have to see it from Charlie's perspective. Every time he does participate, he gets bullied for it. Especially by that girl with the braces. I'm like, can you calm down? Like, there were times when I wanted to jump through the screen and, like, rip this girl's tracks out. I'm like, what is your problem? I'm like, do you like him and you just feel like you need to make fun of him to be noticed? Or, like, what's the deal? I don't know. Because baby girl had some issues. Yeah. And, you know, I found this guy sad, but also... We need to talk. I need to talk about Charlie on his first day. You know, the teacher was like, you know, if you make one good uh, one friend on your first day, they say you're doing okay. And Charlie was like, if my only friend's my English teacher, that's kind of pathetic. And I was like, Charlie, let's wait. You know, it's just the first day. It's just the first day. You're not making best friends already. Let's let's let let's at least get through a week. It takes time to develop friendships like he talked about how his friend from middle school didn't talk to him anymore and I tried to think back to middle school and I didn't really have like friends in middle school like I had people that I talked to in classes but I wasn't like friends with anybody and then I don't think I had like friends literally until like senior year so I like got the whole thing 
where, you know, my friends from middle school don't talk to me because that happened to me freshman year. I think my freshman year, I had friends in each class, but they weren't friends that I would like hang out with outside Same. class. It wasn't until sophomore year where that changed. And it was those people in that class because we started having multiple classes together. I feel like my first two years of high school, like I, maybe I'm just like misremembering. I don't know. Like I had friends, but I think because like none of us could drive or whatever either. Like we, no one hung out outside of school. Like I would go home after I was done with everything for the day. But when I got junior year, I kind of had friends kind of didn't. That was like a very tumultuous year. And then senior year is like when I had a more solidified group. But I just thought it, like, I think there's a lot of pressure for people to find, like, their friends really fast or whatever. And I don't think that's possible, especially in college. They're like, meet people. These are going to be your friends, blah, blah, blah. But to form actual friendships, that takes time. Because even if you have acquaintances, it might be, like, a year or two. That's why I keep thinking, like, the friendship that he has with Sam and Patrick it just didn't start out as an actual friendship it was a pity it was a pity friendship because Patrick saw that his friends weren't he didn't have friends at the football game they were like you want to come to our party you should come to our party with us or something like that and he did and then the whole thing when he got high happened and then Sam was like yo you just told me his best friend shot himself we need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. We need to put him in our group to make us feel better for making him a wallflower. You know? And it's like, he was so easy to string along to. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't really ever, like, protesting hanging out with them or whatever. Like, he was very much like, Seaman Patrick? Okay. Like, for everything. And I don't think it was a bad gesture. I just don't. I'm questioning now, looking back, like, how legitimate was their friendship? Like, if Charlie disappeared, I don't know that they would, like, go out of their way to, like, find this kid. Like, think about it. When he was in the snow, he was out there by himself. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question. So... In the hospital scene, Sam, Charlie was reading um, a letter that Sam sent Charlie. I tried to read it, but I couldn't read the handwriting that well. Like, does she, did she was she aware that he was in the hospital? Uh, girl, I didn't even read it, so I'm going to look it up really quick. Because I want to know, could they have at least, like, called... Or, you know, he could have mentioned, like, Sam and Patrick have been, you know, sending me letters. I don't know. So the letter is not in the book, apparently. But Mm. it says, Dear Charlie, I blah, 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 da, 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 da. I wish you were here. You've always been. Like, people can't tell what it says either. Thank you for helping me to understand we can all be happy. I want you to hold on to these for me. When I come at the end of the year, love you, Charlie, Sam. That's basically saying, I don't want your books, Charlie. Basically, and I thought, and you just tell me if I'm wrong. I thought that this meant, 
like I'm like were they trying to show signs of depression and suicide because you know how like one of the things about like you know suicide is giving your stuff away to other people because it's like well I'm not gonna need this anymore that could be but also I think it was because those were all the books that I think the teacher gave um Charlie and I think she could see like because when she opened the present, she was like, are these all your books, Charlie? And he was like, yeah, because he wanted to, like, give her a piece of him to go, stupidest thing ever, but whatever. That's so weird. And I think it was a thing where Sam probably felt bad. She was like, Sam or Charlie, these are your books. Just keep them. And she definitely is not the one to read either. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? It would be different if she was like, I love books, but she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. Like, I would also expect Patrick to at least come and visit Charlie. Like, I know he's in University of Washington or whatever, but, you know, Patrick just doesn't seem like the type of guy that cares that much about school to stay. He seemed like he would care more about his friends. I feel like Patrick and Charlie might have had a more genuine friendship than Sam yeah. and Charlie. Especially well, after the whole fight thing and they started hanging out more one-on-one. Well, I think it was because... You know, Charlie was the only person that didn't call him nothing. You know, and he was like, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. So I think that was genuine. And it was after he had kissed Sam and like ruined his own relationship with Mary Elizabeth, which I thought that whole thing was annoying from start to finish. Like she, okay, Mary Elizabeth is like bossy alternative girl. And she gets offended anytime Charlie says anything. And then she's like, you're cute, though. Let's go to Sadie Hawkins and try to bust it wide at my parents' house. My favorite part was when he was on the phone with her and he left the room and his mom was like, she's still on the phone. You gotta break up with this girl. <laughs> thank God for that the mute hilarious. feature. Honestly, thank God for mute these days. Mm-hmm. It was funny, though. Um but, yeah, the whole thing. Because wasn't it, like, kiss the prettiest girl in the room mm-hmm. or something? And wasn't Patrick the one who dared him? Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like that's a little dirty on Patrick's part because Patrick definitely knew that Charlie had the biggest tr- crush on Sam. And, you know, we all expect Charlie not to kiss anybody other than his girlfriend to create mm-hmm. drama but still <laughs> maybe he thought that charlie would have enough like brain to kiss mary elizabeth but i definitely i felt for her in that moment i'm like that would literally crush me if that ever happened i would be and in then, the ground and then patrick said there was like some something between mary elizabeth and um sam sam at some point what was that all about uh, I'm not 100% sure, but if I had to guess, I would say, like, they've probably fought over guys in the past, and Sam's always gotten them. Oh, wait, I think Patrick actually says it has something to do about guys. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I'm assuming that the guys would always choose Sam over her. Mm. And this was just, like, another tally to that list. Well, I can definitely see why, uh, Mary Elizabeth, you're a little annoying. Yeah, like, she's, I mean, yeah. I think I am Mary Elizabeth, though, like, on the low. Uh, the mixtape situation, I thought, was kind of, I didn't know how I felt about that. 
I mean, I definitely think it was funny when Ponytail Derek would make Candace make tapes. Every and Charlie week. was forced to listen to him. I just feel like that... I don't know that I could ever do that for anyone. Like, make... Like, I just couldn't do it. And I don't know that I would want anyone to do that for me either. Because I feel like I would feel weird. Because mm-hmm. songs yeah, are definitely. like... There's so... First of all, there's so many songs. Like, I have a list yeah. in my journal of songs that make me think of certain people. Because I'm like, oh, this is so-and-so's song. We listened to this in the car. But, um, Katie, you have a list. Uh, I need to see this. <laughs> but um, I would never make someone a mixed... I don't think I would do that because I just feel like that's weird. Yeah. And one thing that I found... Um, so, for a moment, I forgot that this was based in the early 90s. And the whole time during the movie, they're like, we need to find the song. The tunnel song. I'm like... Why can't y'all just Google the lyrics? <laughs> the same thing. I was like, why can't they just Shazam it? Like, why are why is it so hard to find this song? But you know, this is early nineties. That's not a thing. Times were different. Mm-hmm. His relationship with the English teacher. I just need to ask, why do we all get emotionally attached to English teachers? I mean, it was Paul Rudd. First of all, he had that long hair. <laughs> But I feel like that's just a thing in general. Like, yeah. people are... Att- like, you, when do you ever hear someone say, my math teacher really made an impact in my life? I feel like English teachers, because they deal with more philosophical things, then maybe that has something to do with it. They read deeper into things that could have something to- I don't know. I just... I found out one of my favorite English teachers was a Republican, and my world was shattered. Not because she is one. That's Because, you know, we're allowed to be whatever we want to be. I don't care. But this queen, she just did not seem like that. I don't know. She just didn't give me that vibe. Yeah. Because she was kind of a quirky girl, so I was shocked. Um... (laughs) Notice I didn't say anything. I just, I didn't know that his last name was Kelmeckis either. He said that during the movie. I was like, dang, you should have just stuck with Charlie. I said, what? I said, I've never heard this man's last name in my life. Um. Oh my God. The come on Eileen scene. Iconic. What's that one? The, Am I miss? Excuse me? The big dance number, the come on Eileen scene. I was like, what? What do you mean? What is that? Is that the scene where Emma Watson is like, they're actually playing good music. The living room routine. And then she dances like super strange. I remember when I first watched this, I was like, why is she dancing like that? I, um, you know, at my prom, they played Come On Eileen, and I had my own little moment. But not not that. I wasn't out here popping and locking like my queen Emma. And they were like, living room routine? Living room routine. The routine that was choreographed in the living room. Mm. And she finally got into college after manipulating her baby boy Charlie into helping her study. Yep. She's like... I'm just gonna, you know, pretend like we're on study dates and get that SAT score high up, and then I'm leaving him. I'm just here to get those grades, honey. And Mm -hmm. I was like, how is he able to help her? First of all, he's a freshman. Second of all, when she got into college, I thought her reaction was kind of weird. Like, she walked away like she got rejected. And then they picked it up. I think that's the classic movie 
Oh, she didn't get it. Wait, she actually got in. Is getting into college slash getting rejected, is it really that big of a deal? Because I don't remember being like that. I think if you got into like Harvard or something, you definitely weren't expecting it. But so, she was know. just going to like Penn State. But even then, she wasn't that like the college where she was like, my SAT score isn't high enough for that. She also said, like, I should have spent my time freshman year, like, studying. I'm like, just freshman year? What about sophomore and junior year? I'm like, did they? I mean, I I get it from a kind of, because, like, if your GPA is, like, super low because you didn't give a crap freshman year, it is hard to, like, build it back up. But I just, I was like, I don't know. Maybe this is from um, academic privilege, but I never thought, like, the public universities were super hard to get into. That's just my opinion. I'm not shading anybody. But I remember when I went on a college tour a long time ago, there was this girl in the group who said, yeah, like my my score wasn't high enough to go to Knoxville. I was like, what? Because literally everybody gets into Knoxville. I did not understand that. What is the acceptance rate for Knoxville? It's pretty high. Acceptance. It's 77%. Like it's pretty high. Just about everybody gets in. Like, she got into Chattanooga, but she didn't get into Knoxville. And, I, like, I don't know this girl. She was literally just in the group, and I was talking to her. And I was like, oh, wow. Because I, I just didn't – I was like, how? I don't know. I do not know. No tea, no shade. I just I, – I never understood, like, college scenes in movies. Like, I got into college. Like, I was like, okay. Good for you. I feel like it's not – I feel like I'm being problematic. I feel like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I think for some people it is. Maybe if their grades aren't as high as they... Like, even Sam. Sam recognized, like, I didn't study as much as I should. You know, it would be a miracle for me to get into a public university. So maybe that's where... Maybe that's why she was so excited. I'm just kind of like, how bad like, oh. are you doing, though, to not get into, like, a public university? Like, Mary Elizabeth and her Harvard thing? Yeah, girl, get excited. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't – maybe I'm just mean and awful, and if I have children and they can't get into college, I'm just going to be a fat head about it. I don't know. Also, like, all of these movies that feature kids going to Ivy League schools – it always surprises me because I cannot relate to that. Nobody at my school went to any Ivy League schools. One person went to Vanderbilt on a scholarship um, because they played some interest, instrument in band. But nobody went to Ivy League. But in all these movies, they're like, oh, this person is going to Harvard and Yale. And I don't know if Duke is a Ivy League it's school, but they're going to Duke. Um, they're going to Princeton and all that. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that's like. And if you watch the movie Booksmart, same exact reaction. That movie, everybody in that school went to, is going to an Ivy League school. I don't know if that has to do with, like, geography. Because I know a lot of times when kids who are from, like, the New England area where all the Ivies are, like... There tends to be more of them going to Ivy Leagues. I don't know if that has to do with, like, being in-state or what. Or maybe it's the Tennessee education system family. Because we are a little bit dumb down here. 
yeah. most people go to like three or four schools and then there were like a few kids from my class that like left and went further away um like one yeah. girl went to Yukon and then we had one guy that went to Vanderbilt on a full ride and that was like it like the Vander Vanderbilt if you're not like from this area is like the closest thing we have to an Ivy like they yeah, call it the Ivy of Ivy the League. South yeah like it's pre- it's like Duke in a way like it's prestigious but it's not an Ivy League yeah, because it's down south, and we ain't Ivy down here. Fun fact for the audience, I was rejected from Vanderbilt, and did I shed a single tear? No, I did not. I didn't even apply. I said, let's just try. <laughs> they said no. Yeah, I just, and I I knew that ACT score, she said, I'm too low for that. Mine said you might have a chance, but probably not, so I just went for it. My ACT score was, it wasn't bad, but it was lower than I wanted. But that's because I have test anxiety. (laughs) I could have done better if it wasn't timed, I think. But honestly, you get to the last sections. You've been there for four hours. You're like, I'm done with this. Your brain is fried. You don't want to look at these questions anymore. I'll never forget the one time I did the writing section. Because one of the schools I was applying for required the writing section. And I remember I wrote like nothing. I wrote like a paragraph because I was so tired and over it. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, I don't care if I get a trashy score. I just have to have a score to submit it. Yeah. Oh, the perks of being a wallflower in Ivy League schools. I just don't think Ivies are, like, who has the money for this anyway? I don't know. I mean, unless you're pulling a, unless you're pulling an Aunt Becky, then I don't know. Unless you suddenly start rowing crew, it ain't happening for you, honey. It ain't. And then they had the classic promo Craig cheated on um, Emma Watson's character. He said, I'm cheating. And we did not care at all. We didn't. I said, I knew he was because trash we from all the get-go. Knew. I knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did want to talk about a couple of iconic lines. We already talked about, you know, in the moment I swear if we were infinite, uh, we accept the love we think we deserve. Two of my other favorite moments were, um, hold on. Oh, I can't see my eyeballs. Ladies and gentlemen, I am below average. Oh yeah, that one's iconic too. Ladies and gentlemen, I am below average. Below average. A C minus. Also, hey, he ma- manipulated that teacher. He said, "We all if know." If you feel me, I'm coming back, honey. But Charlie kind of did too. He didn't even do the project. Mm, his dad straight up built that clock. Mm-mm. The other Come on, one Charlie, do the work. that shook me to the core was it's been getting worse and I can't turn it off this time. Dang. I said hello February and March because I was really I was really riding that roller coaster into the ground for two months. Mm. And I said, wow. It's mental illness, isn't it? It really is love. It's a little bit of mental illness. I said, here I am, oh. crying in the garage again. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, other notes. Craig is artsy trash. Welcome to the Island of Misfit Toys. 
I don't like that line. I thought that was I weird. I used to when I was a kid, but then you grow up and you're like, what is this even They're mean? not really misfits, though. That's the thing. Like, they weren't losers. What do you mean? Patrick was called nothing all year. But he kind of initiated that. I did like his little graduation cap thing. Nothing hates you. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I did get chills during the tunnel scene for a second. Just for a second. But then you realize it's still, uh, it's very, first of all, very dangerous. And second of all, cheesy. It's cheesy. It was a safety hazard. Um, I didn't think anyone noticed me, which I think like everyone has probably been, well, not everyone, because some of y'all have been popular since you came out the womb. I think uh, everyone has had that feeling for a second when someone acknowledges your existence and you're like, wow, people know I'm a person. What? Crazy. He said high school is worse than middle school. I definitely disagree. I think it's different for everybody because I would agree with that. Um, oh, my God. What does this say? Oh, I thought it was weird that the dad kept saying you're cruising for a bruising after Candace had been smacked. I'm like. Uh, well, you know, he's a white father. He said I love raising hands to my daughter. You know, they only have a few uh, lines in their brains. One of them being, uh, let's rock and roll and uh, you're cruising for a bruising. The aunt. Problematic. Mm-hmm. She had some mental illness, love, because uh, the queen tried to kill herself. We saw her little wrist. Did you notice that Charlie gave Sam the same record his aunt gave him? I didn't say that, no. That record that said, like, someday the Beatles... Hmm. So in her car, I didn't pay enough attention. I I didn't notice this until last night. In her car, in the passenger seat, like when she gets hit and killed, it's the same record. And I was like, that's kind of um, that's a choice to give her that, but whatever. Um, I just thought that was so. Like obviously, molestation is horrible, and like that's you know that's an awful thing to go through. And his he was so young that like he probably repressed it, and didn't even know whatever. Um. He didn't even know anything. He didn't know it was, like, wrong. No. And I don't even think he fully knew that it had happened until, like, he was having his moment with Sam and it, like, triggered the memory or whatever. Because he talks about blacking out and seeing things. And apparently that's a normal thing because his mom said, oh, you're seeing things again. And I just, like, I was... I mean, we'll never know, but I'm like, what was going on through Auntie's head to where she's like, yes, I'm going to molest my five-year-old nephew. Okay, I'm not going to, like, defend her in any way. Do not catch me doing that. But didn't he say, like, she was abused by a lot of her boyfriends? I guess. Or was that, like, another thing he made up in his head? What was that? I don't know. Like, I know she had some issues, and that's what I'm saying. Like, what was the whole issue with her? I wasn't like that. I mean, I'm trying to understand it. I mean, obviously she's a sex offender, but and I'm like, is it because like he was her sense of comfort? And once again, not defending her actions at all. I don't know. That's the thing with these types of people. Like, you always try to think like, what is going on in their heads to do this? But it's just the fact that they're sick. You know? Yeah. They're just horrible people there's no like we always try to think what is going on in the minds of a serial killer what's going on in the minds of his aunt we don't know because they're horrible people they're that's just the end of it to think that he thought 
it was his fault that she had died because she went out for his birthday present. Because the scene at the end where he's, like, crying and, like, having a breakdown is a lot. Because he said, like, what if I wanted her to die because of what she did to him? I'm like, boy, let's just think back for a minute. You didn't realize what she did was wrong until you were with Sam. So, obviously, this is not your fault in any way. Also, you didn't force her to go get your birthday present or whatever. Also, okay, so I have a weird memory from the book, and this may not be true, but in the book, I feel like something happened to where he was, like, upset that she didn't have his birthday present with him, with her. It's been, like, ten years since I've read it. I really don't remember. I have, like, that distinct memory, but maybe I'm making that up in my head. I don't know. I would have to, like, flip back through, but I don't know. Like... I'm not trying to, like, equate anything to this because I've never experienced anything like that and I wouldn't want anyone to experience anything like that. But I kind of like the guilt thing where you're, like, when something bad happens and you, like, low-key kind of wanted it to happen, like, being like, oh, crap, like, did I did I manifest that into the universe? But with her and him, he he's told Sam, like, she was my favorite person and I'm like, Why? Because I'm like, they didn't seem that close. And I mean, what do I know? He was also super young, but I don't like. It's weird too, because the timing of the movie, I kept getting confused on the timeline in the movie. And I did that when I first watched the movie. Um, So obviously like first day of school, he's all depressed and stuff like that. Well, I thought it was because of his aunt had just died that previous year. But then I forgot, oh, it's his like his best friend is kind of like why he's in the state he's in mm-hmm. now um his aunt is just kind of like another layer like beneath and I just keep forgetting like I keep forgetting that the best friend thing even happened same like I forgot all about Michael like from the jump yeah but also I think it was kind of crazy how so many people expected charlie to keep all their secrets because you know like when he's having that breakdown it flashes back to all those other clips of like sam saying or not sam candace saying don't tell anyone about Derek hitting me sam talking about her molestation patrick talking about brad um this that and the other and they say all this stuff because they know charlie doesn't have anyone to tell and it just manipulation once again literally like they use this boy as their like not even therapists, just like they're someone to talk to, they're a person to vent at, and mm-hmm. he just like explodes because you just have to, you just kept too much in. Like you don't ever get to be the one like, to complain. I can't even think of a moment in the movie where Charlie is venting to his friends about anything. Mm-hmm. The only time I can think about venting is when he calls Candace having a mental breakdown, and then here's my okay. So I know this was intended as a joke, and sometimes people take these things as jokes, but when Sam and Charlie and Patrick were meeting up at the end of the movie, and Sam was like, you definitely need to come up and uh, visit on campus, and Patrick was like, oh no, he has a mental breakdown scheduled um, at that time. I was like, is it a little too soon to be joking about this? Agree, agree. I forgot about that for a second. Um I'm like, y'all know that he tried to kill himself, right? Like, y'all know that, correct? 
And do y'all even know, like, why? No, because you didn't bother asking. Exactly. Like, they, I don't think they really care about him that much. And the whole, like, the joke about it, I guess if the person who has the issue makes a joke about it and is, you know, clearly, First. like, it's fine... But it just seemed really inappropriate and too soon. And I'm like, y'all really don't know what he's going through. Like, y'all don't know. Like, rem- okay, so remember when um, Brad showed up with, like, a bruised nose or whatever. And and Charlie, being the little sweetheart he is, he went up to Patrick and was like, Patrick, are you okay? And Patrick was like, not now, Charlie. Just leave me alone. Like, you know what? He's trying his best. He's being a good friend. You could at least be the same. Same. Or after when Sam didn't talk to him because he kissed her at that party because things were messed up. Um, I was like, y'all know he's like a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just doesn't understand what's going and that's on. That's the issue with the big age difference. You know? Exactly. That and just like him being who he is. Like there are some people who are younger and they're more perceptive and then there are some people who are not and I feel like they would have known that and it's making me question his friendship with Michael I'm like how good of friends were they if he considers Sam and Patrick to be his like BFFs yeah like was Michael just some guy that he kind of knew in reality I don't know these are questions I have for the author. Steven, yeah. please feel free yeah. to get back to me at couragedollpodcast at gmail.com. You can even join us in our Zoom meeting if you like. And he'll probably be like, I don't know, I wrote it a long time ago. I wrote it in the 90s. Why do you care? I wonder if it's like autobiographical at all. I don't know. I don't know. But I think this would be a good time to take a quiz. Me too. Should we go ahead and do the outro? Just sure. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Give us a rating, give us a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. Follow us on Twitter. Courage at... and Doll, and check out our website. This link has been kind of weird lately, and I'm sorry if it doesn't work, but just look in the description couragedollpodcast.wixsite.com slash now play. And if you don't have Twitter, but you still want to tell us your thoughts, then email us couragedollpodcast at gmail.com. And subscribe. Bye. Bye. Ariana Grande who?